0: Growing... Growing Pains... Growing. Growing... Growing Pains... Growing Pains... Welcome to Growing Pains. We all live in a world where our lives are online and we often are expected to show up in a way that is confident, extroverted and appealing to other people. Be it showing up online to your community, speaking to people face-to-face, or the nerve-wracking nature of job interviews, how you represent yourself can be the make or break of relationships moving forward. Our guest today is a master at showing up and ensuring that you remember him after he leaves the room. Andrew Murillo is an awarded entrepreneur, investor, author, and the winner of the first Australian Apprentice. Prior to becoming Head of Business Development at The Entourage, Australia's largest training institution for entrepreneurs and business owners, Morelle spent 10 years alongside Mark Burris building out the Yellow Brick Road Wealth Management Branch Network nationally. He has personally built an impressive portfolio and has also led numerous community projects across Australia and internationally, including as a founding board member of Project Gen Z, a social enterprise which runs entrepreneur and development programs for disadvantaged children. In recent years, Morello has summited Mount Kinabulu in Borneo and completed the Kokoda Trail to raise money for Seed Foundation, which supports Indigenous health programs in remote communities. Morello is an active member of Australia's entrepreneurial and real estate communities, an engaging and charismatic speaker and a passionate person when it comes to sharing his success with other entrepreneurs, business owners and investors to help them reach their full potential and not waste their precious life. Andrew well and truly has the gift of the gab. We had an amazing chat and... I am really keen to share with you what he had to say about representing yourself and living the dream. So I have the man with me, the man that is Andrew Morello. I am out of my mind excited to talk to you today. How are you, Mr Morello?
1: Amazing, Caroline. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh... It's I, I, at one stage we were spending a lot of time together, so I'm having a bit of Caroline withdrawal symptoms. <laughs> I, you know, obviously COVID put a little dint in that, um, but uh, it's it's wonderful to be here, and thanks for having me on today.
0: So we're talking growing pains today. We're talking what it's like to be. Whatever it is to be an adult, and we're going to share a little bit about you and our sto- and your story and your journey with our listeners. Um, but to kind of loosen us up—not that you ever need loosening up—but to get us in in the mood of what it's like to be an adult, I'm going to give you a few rapid fire questions. Yes. Do you consider yourself to be a fully grown adult?
1: No. I, I don't. Uh, I think it's because, like, I think that's the trick. I think you know, there's a trick in life, which is, and I, I say this all the time to people. I said, don't grow up. It's a trap, right? But there's a, there's a real underpinning, um, subconscious, uh, you know, emotional and spiritual um, aspect of that. That you know, mm-hmm. if, you, if you're continually seeing yourself as young and, and growing, um, and continually take, uh, take the time to stay young, then you will stay young for life. I love that. Mm.
0: I think that's a great idea. I think you're doing that
1: very well. Uh, (laughs) You've been on some of my adventures, so you don't. (laughs) I have. Correct. Uh,
0: What is your most embarrassing adult failure?
1: Just embarrassing adult failure. I, I, I as you know, I recently, uh four months ago today I had a baby and uh I I was telling the, the the doctors and the nurses that the one thing my brother has over me is that he delivered my cousin at home. Yeah. Like when wow. he was like seventeen years old, my brother John Morello, he got to deliver my cousin. My he, the water broke, baby came, all in like three or four minutes. And wow. um, yeah, 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 which was pretty amazing, and his claim to fame. And I said, oh, I always wanted to do that. And so at the last minute, the doctor's gone to me that I could deliver my own baby, and I've gone, but I don't have any gloves. And they're like, don't worry, you're going to hold him in a minute. And so I jumped around there, and I'm, I'm taking him out for the last second and I pull him out, and I literally freaked out. I'm not going to lie. Oh, no. I have been to 30, 40 countries in my life. I've seen some real fucked up shit in life, and I I was just like, what the fuck is going on right now? And I froze, and they took the baby away from me, and then I was just standing there st- like for like two or three minutes and like in this blank face. And so it was probably a slight epic fail from my end, and then my uh, – my, um, you know, the mother of my child was like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I've got placenta on my hands. I'm freaking out. This whole thing freaked me out. And so I thought I was going to be a lot more well-adjusted and prepared for it than I was uh, when it actually happened. And if anyone can hear, that is him crying in the background, um, lying in we're can we're that. Yeah, we're, 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 in the, we're in lockdown again, ladies and gentlemen, in Sydney. So yeah. otherwise I would have been in my cool booth let that, that you can't see Caroline's amazing offer. booth at my office. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Correct.
0: Uh, to, to be fair, I yeah. would not like most people would have frozen before when you froze. So yeah. I'll give yeah. like though, I get that that could be classed as a bit of an adult fail I'll I'll give you props for just putting your hand up and saying, "Hey, I'll, I'll give this a go." Because no well,
1: the, 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 the thing that caused the failure was that I was telling them the story, and then they decided at the last minute that I should do it. They hadn't prepared me for it, so I didn't think this was actually going to be a thing. I, I had my rings all on, Caroline. I had my yeah, like, and you wear a lot ring. of jewelry. I had all my jewelry on still. I was like, "Okay, what about my jewelry?" They're like, "Just get in there, do it." I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, well, anyway, well, you've um, got a story now. He, he has a story and he's, you know, he's lasted four months and he's thriving. So he's, he's killing it. Thank you. Very happy.
0: Love it. Love it. Who is a more grown up adult that you rely on?
1: My brother, John <laughs> Morello. John, he's probably the most grown up adult I know. There you go. And so, so, different, so different, different as well. <laughs> you mean my brother, correct? We are very different. Um, We're very different, but very the same. So he's a good lesson for people. We have the same core values. You know, honesty, integrity, hard work—all of these things. But we go about things differently. You know, we go about life differently. We go about relationships differently. We go about, um, you know, the way we enjoy life. Like we both thoroughly enjoy life, but my mm. my brother would, um, you know, we both love travel. He, he he loves doing really going to really nice places. I I like roughing things out, but we both mm. love going to amazing. Crazy places around the world. I go to Burning Man, he goes to a six-star resort in Bali. Like that's that's the <laughs> two the Yeah, there we go.
0: If you were to choose an actor to play you in a yes. movie today, who would you yeah. do, who would you choose?
1: Ironically, Vince Colosimo. And 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 I, love him. I actually tell you, if you Google my name, guys, you'll see photos of Vince Colosimo. He played a character named Dr Andrew Morello in an ABC series in 2000, oh my God. 2000 called Dr Andrew Morello and his wife name. his wife's name was Dr uh, his wife's name in the in the movie was in the show it was called MDA it was on the ABC so if you google all that guys you'll see Vince Colosimo played a character named Andrew Morello and I have obviously since winning The Apprentice and doing a whole bunch of other things yeah, done, yeah. charity events with him and meeting him at different launches and yeah. so forth. And 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 I swear to God, people have said, you two, when we're together, when we're on stage together, when we're yeah. doing things, they go, you two look like and act like brothers. So yeah. um, it's, oh, it's funny, funny yeah. but I reckon Vince Colossima. Like people would go, oh, you out Leonardo DiCaprio, all this. I think Vince Colossima is me. Oh, and I, love I love Vince Colossima. And especially what, when so I was if,
0: if you had to choose someone to play you, in your like sixties, seventies, eighties, who
1: would you choose? Pacino. Ah, of course. Of course, like you know, just it's it's me through and through, me through and through. So yeah. Oh,
0: well, I knew that rapid fire wouldn't phase you. Yeah, like <laughs> most people kind of go, oh, oh, and you, yeah, just, I, love, like, I love rapid yeah. fire. I think okay. the whole
1: thing should be rapid fire. Let's do more rapid yeah, fire. I
0: not how I roll, though.
1: Um, Too fast-paced for me. I'm a yeah, bit yeah, I'm more chill than you. <laughs> nice. Look, calm, cool and collective. That's why you are, Caroline. Caroline that's that is literal. very
0: much so. So um, our listeners, we'll we have a whole heap of different listeners, but the yeah. ones that we are proactively making this podcast for um, yes. are entering these early stages of their adult life. Um, yes. It's a real different space to kind of step out of being 17 in high school, and then some, somehow the world decided, well, in Australia specifically, decided we were adults at 18 and off you go, go live your life as an adult. Yes. Um, it's it's a bit daunting. And one of the things that I've always admired about you, um, and I think that I believe that you are truly, Well, I believe we're all one of a kind, um, uh, yeah. but there's something about you that when I watch people meet you in person and they are well and truly still talking about you, thinking about you when you leave the room. Has that always uh, been the case? Have you always been like
1: saying good things and sticking with the Same things. You can't
0: yeah. expect everyone to say good things because oh, you don't, can't I be everyone's cup and, and,
1: and it's something I, I I've done my uh, my my uh, my deep work out with with my spiritual coaches and 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 mm-hmm. and mentors over the years that you can't be everybody's cup of tea. I did used to yeah, take yeah. it personally. Uh, yeah. I have a pretty good attrition rate though, which is pretty good. Like it's, you do. it's I it's, agree. It's, with a, that. it's like a ninety-five-five. That's what I'm, I've worked it out. It ends up being about a ninety-five. You, 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 I got told if you can get to eighty twenty, it's good. And I'm, yeah. doing, I'm doing ninety-five. Yeah, ninety-five. Sweet. Yeah, which is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Have
0: you always been that that guy? Have you always been <laughs> the person that shows up? That the the kid that shows up, and everyone's like, "Who's that kid?" Or were you that kid that was like, "Oh God, who's that kid?"
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I probably it's funny because sometimes I, I see someone else and I go, "Am I like that?" And people are like, "Yes, that's you." And I'm like, "Oh shit, okay, is that what it's like?" Um, but but I'm not saying that in a in a in a demeaning or or mm-hmm. um, you know. Uh, you know, arduous way. I'm, I'm more saying it as in, like, acknowledging, you know, the, the craziness that some people are and, and me putting myself in the, uh, that category. Um, I was very, very lucky, Caroline, and to the listeners that are out there, um, you know, you can do this whether or not you had what I had or not. So I was very, very lucky. I had very supportive parents as in, like, um, you know, I, there's a classic story that I tell people uh, and I try and make it as quick as possible so we get through as much content as possible, but seven years old, uh, at a place called La Mirage in Melbourne, which is on the Hume Highway. Um, it's a place that holds a 1,000 people. It's a reception centre. It's New Year's Eve. My butcher had told me, he normally told me rude jokes, and my mum cracked the shits at him and said, stop telling him naughty jokes because he tells other people, he memorises them and tells other people. Um, and so what happened was he told me a clean joke, but I, had no, I didn't understand it at all. It was a political joke, and for those who are, listening in the core demographic here, 17, 18, 19-year-olds or 16, whatever you might be, you're not going to know what any of this means, but it was it was a joke around Paul Keating and, um, and the recession we needed to have in 1991-92. Um, yep. And so I didn't understand it. And so, like, if you've got any interest in politics, Google that, recession we needed to have, Paul Keating, you can understand a little bit more. But it was basically the crux of it is that all Australians hated Keating at the time because economically we're going through a bad situation but I, I didn't understand it back then I'm seven years old thousand people New Year's Eve they get through the floor show they get through the food they get through the wine and the MC's thinking shit the fireworks aren't until midnight and it's it's mm-hmm. like 11 o'clock and he's like we're gonna have a jokes competition so like do anyone want to go in it? and I went up to my parents and I said can I go and tell the joke and my, my mom's like yeah that's that's a clean one you know but most think about it most European parents that have come on a boat from Italy would be like, mm-hmm. you know, no, you're going to embarrass our family. You're going to yeah. – like they, they don't want to encourage you to get up in front of a 1,000 people. Mm-hmm. You're going to make our family look silly. Like, you know, that, that European culture or, or ethnic culture, don't embarrass your family, is a big thing. So anyone who mm-hmm. comes from an ethnic background will understand what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, but definitely. my parents are like, yeah, go. So I run up there. And the first guy who tells a joke t- – it was an Italian – a stra like an Italian social club, uh, thousand yeah. people. New Year's. So, um, the first one was a guy who told a, a joke, um, in Italian, and a rude, and it was a rude joke. So you can imagine there was a lot of older Italians there, conservative. They didn't find it funny at all. Second guy gets up, he tells a joke in Italian again, mm-hmm. and like only half the room probably spoke Italian. Then mm-hmm. I got up and first the novelty of a seven-year-old, right, getting up and yeah, telling but they joke. Yeah, they're already cheering you Already correct. That. But then I told a, a good joke and everybody laughed. And it's still funny today if I tell the story, if I tell the joke, right? So, like, if I put it as, as making an Australian version, a modern-day mm-hmm. version of it, people get it and they find it hilarious, right? So, yeah. so like, the, the moral of the story there was, um, you know, you learn three things um, before you turn seven. Right, you learn three things. You learn your barometer on love, fear, and hate. This isn't me coming up with this. This is child psychologist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is there's literature on this. So, so you learn if you grow up in a in a in a in a loving household uh, mm-hmm. with loving parents, and they don't need to be married. They can be separated, but but, but it's a loving environment. Yeah. and that's yeah, your barometer man. for love. You then at seven to fourteen know when you start to like. Girls or guys, or days now is the new yep, the whoever, whoever, whoever it to. is that you like, like you know how to treat them, and that's your barometer. of mm-hmm. love the mm-hmm. other thing is, you know, fear. If you grow up in a household where there's a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress, and a lot of mm-hmm. you know, don't do that, and you're gonna hurt yourself, and, and that mm-hmm. and you're doing that between zero and seven, then that infects the child. And you know, yeah. and so like, and, and the last part is if you grow up in a household where there's racism, you know, and it's it's natural yeah. for people yeah. to say, "Oh, those bloody this or those bloody that," then it infects the child as well. So the yeah. the moral of the story is that at seven years old, you know, I had a loving environment. I had no fear because my parents mm-hmm. had said, "Yeah, go and get up in front of a yeah. thousand people um, right. and tell a joke," and they were fine with me doing that. And then last but not least, um, you know, it was there was no the hate. My my father employed. Catholics, Jews, Muslims, mm-hmm. everywhere. What a very diverse childhood growing up. So obviously mm-hmm. to the listeners, if they obviously haven't had the, the 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 fortune of of growing up in a family where they ha- that was very much like that, then you need to then make a conscious decision, right? Especially mm-hmm. if you're at the crucial age of 17, 18, 19, that that precipice of going into the next venture of your life, is mm-hmm. that you need to make a conscious decision. Do I then cut I'm not necessarily saying don't talk to your mum and dad, but if they're negative people – or they Mm have people that hold a lot of hate or they've got a lot of stored trauma from their childhood, you need to make a conscious decision to to limit the amount of time and energy that you're going to allow yourself to absorb them. So maybe you have dinner with them once a week rather than live with them. Maybe you go and, you you know, rent a room on roommates.com and go and surround yourself in an environment where at least there's other people your age or fun or excited about life and you're getting yourself out of that negative environment is really, really important, right? I'm not telling you not to talk to your parents but i'm telling you to get out of that negative environment the second thing you need to do is start surrounding yourself with other like-minded people so there's the Mm -hmm. element of osmosis here that if you go and find other inspirational motivated people that are prepared to go to the next journey with you you do that naturally all ships rise in a rising tide yeah so in closing in closing on that would you like to know what the joke was caroline
0: Tell me, tell me, tell
1: me. I'll do it, but I'll do it in a modern-day version of it so it makes sense for the listeners, right? So there's a a guy drowning in the middle of Sydney Harbour and uh, there was three boys, 15-year-old boys, on a tinny fishing in Sydney Harbour and there's a guy drowning. So they roll over to him they save him and they realise it's Prime Minister Scott Morrison right? And so they drag him into the boat and he says, boys, thank you so much for saving me. I'll grant you all one wish each. And the first boy asks for a BMX bike. No worries. He goes, done, I'll get you a BMX bike. Second boy asks for a, uh, a trip to Fiji for him and his family. He says, done, organised. Third one goes, um, can I get a state funeral? Now, state funeral is generally reserved for like somebody who's mm. very famous and all that. He goes, why would you need a state funeral? He goes, oh, I... Um, you know, he goes, yeah, how old are you? He's like, I'm 15. He goes, why would you need a state funeral? He goes, I need a state funeral because my dad's going to kill me when he finds out I saved Scott Morrison. <laughs> Still works today. Oh,
0: that's a, such a good joke. And it's not that political. Like, I don't oh, get it like, You're in a room. <laughs> you got to understand the know. context.
1: In 1991, I was a boy. I didn't know what the – I knew who the prime minister oh, was. But I would
0: have I thought didn't. that was the best joke. They did.
1: I so anyway, that's the moral of the story. So, so you know, in closing that, what I'll say is, you know, step outside your comfort zone. If you want to be somebody that, that can work a room, somebody that has the confidence to be able to have those discussions with people, then they need to be able to obviously step, like if, if it's not something you do naturally, force yourself to meet one new person every day. You know, go up and introduce yourself to yourself. If you're waiting for a coffee, don't just sit there on your phone like everybody else does. Go, how are you going? Like, you know, like if it's a cold morning, it's a cold morning, isn't it? Just break the ice. You know, my my male friends, which you've witnessed plenty of times, um, Caroline, my male friends would, would argue that I'm the polar bear. And uh, girls always say to me, what's the polar bear? I'm the guy who breaks the ice. So, you know, so, so go and become that male or that female and become that polar bear yourself.
0: Yeah. And yeah. it's so true that, like, even as I was saying, like, was this something that you always had? And obviously, you've explained now the the environment that you were in and why that became you were that kid. And and don't get me wrong, a lot of this is personality. Like, I know, I know your personality. I have a nine year old son who we call a mini Morello yes. all the time. Yes. Um, yes. it's a personality. Um, and I wish myself luck for, uh, and, for him moving forward. Um, it's already challenging. But I think environment has a, a big part of it, but we can choose. We can definitely choose as we move forward. And and I think you've really expressed that well. So I guess um, you've kind of already tapped us into that whole um, conversation piece. When it comes to those one-on-one conversations, what do you think – makes a memorable
1: conversation um well uh, well, i'm gonna i've actually got a good framework for for people that 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 might struggle with conversation because i think we can sit here and if you're somebody who's good with conversation you probably this will you know not be redundant but it will will give you a little bit of something to to work around i've got a formula called the ford Mm. formula Right, which I've used for business many times over the years. I've used for, you know, meeting girls over the years. I'm not going to lie; like it's been, it's been a very useful tool right across the board. Um, and it's a great way to just yeah. meet people, right? Because often people go, "What am I gonna? What am I gonna go break the ice or speak to someone about?" Like oh, I, I don't know what to talk about, right? So, so yeah. you know, yeah. and then to, for it to become memorable, well, that's your choice, right? So like it it depends. Memorability is that a word? Memorability. I don't know. The memorability of a conversation is is only going to be found on two scenarios, how vulnerable either you or the other person are prepared to be, right? So, like, can you share with me a particular story that's from your childhood that is um, – you know, that was either traumatic or was entertaining or like, you know, I've I've told Mm -hmm. that story now. Like you'll remember that story now for the rest of your life. You'll remember that I told a joke when I was a kid. You might forget the place that I did it. You might forget even the joke, but you'll remember that that's one Mm -hmm. thing Andrew Morello did at seven years old, right? That will stay with you now. It's an interesting story that will stay with you in your your Mm -hmm. memory of me. Um, So the formula is called FORD. So it's like an acronym, F-O-R-D, and the F stands for family. Mm -hmm. The O stands for occupation. The R stands for recreation. And the D stands for dreams. So obviously using that mm-hmm. formula, it's a really, really good structure. Now you don't need to use it in that that order. Maybe if you're talking other 17, 18, 19-year-olds, a family's not as relevant. But obviously I know if someone, you know, the first thing I do now when I meet somebody is show them a photo as you, you experienced or you got to see him in real life. Yeah. But I show them a photo of my son. Like yeah. it's the first thing I do, right? So like yeah. if you want to win yeah. me over, or, if you want to get me talking, just ask me questions about my son and I'll tell you all about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and I'll show you photos. I'll yeah. show you him at Jim Baru and I'll show you him doing swimming lessons with me. And I'll, yes. you know, so like, so family is yep. really, really important to, to people that are at that juncture in their life. Occupation, you know, what mm-hmm. do you do or what do you want to do? Um, and if you want to make that interesting mm-hmm. and memorable, maybe carving out a, a bit of a concept around like, um, occupation around, you know, turning your job, your business, or career into your lifestyle. With this new generation of people going from adolescence and, and teenage years into adulthood, if it's no longer fun now, mm. they'll go home. So, like, you know, the average- Oh, to do, oh that's
0: yeah, totally. And then, and then, yeah, they don't do the I'm going to work in a job good. for 30 years thing. Like, that doesn't, doesn't, doesn't exist, exist anymore,
1: anymore, right? So, which is, there's nothing wrong with that, but I think it's a matter of them, yeah. like, if you want to build rapport with somebody, like, it's like, what do you really want to be doing? I'm in a position to eat at five-star restaurants. And you, you'll meet, um, you know, uh, staff that they've been a waiter for, for 30 years. And some people yeah. look at them and go, oh, my God, a couple of them are a waiter for 30 Why? They enjoy their job. They're world-class at what they do. They make people feel special every day. They work at the top of their field. Like, being mm. just as important as the guy that owns the joint, if not more important. And they're just as important as the, the doctor, the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, and so forth. That's, that's obvious occupation. Recreation, it's, you know, the easiest one in Melbourne, if there's Melbourneians listening, is like, what footy team do you go for? Or what area do you live in? What sport do you play? Um, and then last but not least, if you want it to be memorable, Get them to share their dreams with you, and also vice versa, share your dreams. And then once you once you can peel the layers off to a point where you can share your dreams and goals with somebody, they will remember you for life. I can assure you of that.
0: Yeah, that's so true, and. Um, that vulnerability piece at the very beginning is where you can. Um, so don't get me wrong. Like it's easy to talk about your job in most cases, or maybe something to do with your family, but the the dreams piece is the is the winner. It's yeah. for me personally, like I, I find that there's definitely some easier conversations in the first three steps of Ford, but that dreams piece, and it like if and I feel that that's a bit of a step. In the process because if you've mentioned something about your son and, and I'm like oh I've got boys too and and breaks the ice a little bit and then we talk about work and we might have some commonalities breaks the ice mm. a little bit and we get to that point and then we create a space where you can then share something that's a little bit more personal a little bit more about you as an individual mm. and that's the dream piece so yeah.
1: great beautiful
0: what a great tip tip number one love it Right. Well, tip number two, just... Caroline, I'm not just a
1: pretty face. I'm not just a pretty face, babe. You know that.
0: Yeah, well, I've known <laughs> that for a while. <laughs> so, you're a pretty open book. Yeah. I think so.
1: Yes.
0: I, I don't think that... I hope you don't disagree with me that you're nope. an open book. Um, so, when it comes to, especially with what you just shared with us and the example yes. of Ford... That space of vulnerability is really tricky. So, how, like, maybe you, maybe you aren't the best person to give us an example of this. Yeah. Um, but how do you find the balance between authenticity and privacy?
1: See, I'm probably not the best person, right? I'm a classic. I was on a plane. I was on a plane to Ballina, to, to Byron to go do a. A, uh, a ceremony with my shaman, and I got sat next to someone I had never met. Just the and- fact that you
0: just said I was on the way to see my shaman, yeah. people are like,
1: "What?" Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I, um, I was, I, um, I never met this guy in my life, and we were both cry fully grown men, crying oh. on the plane together. Talking about our families. Talking about my mum. I haven't seen you since my mum passed. My mum passed. I haven't haven't
0: seen you since COVID. I have. I actually haven't seen you in person since.
1: I came to the office
0: September twenty. No, since since Cambodia. So since September twenty nineteen. I came to the office
1: once to your office.
0: Yeah, but I feel like that was after. I think that was before. That was after
1: October. So we went to Cambodia October twenty nineteen. And then yeah. uh, I came and saw you between that and COVID, which was yeah. March 2020.
0: With, yeah, uh, but that's not a long time. Well, like, but anyway, I mean, the, the,
1: the moral of the story was, yeah, we we um, we shared that much that we actually um, had a yeah, we had a bit of a, a moment. Like we were both wearing masks. We had to take the masks off. We had to get tissues, and 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 um, yeah, so we. I'm probably a, I'm probably a classic overshare, yeah, but, but what yeah. I what I find is if you are prepared to do that, and I'm not saying everybody needs to do this. You need to do what you're comfortable with. Um, I find that if you are prepared to do that, if you there's a there's a saying I came up with: if you're prepared to show blood, people will bleed with you.
0: Mm.
1: And I, I, yeah. I, made, I that is trademarked. It's not trademark, but it's trademark pending. That is an Andrew Morello quote. I said that if you – like because everyone's like, you wear your heart on your sleeve, right? They say that about me. But I said mm-hmm. the reason why I wear my heart on my sleeve or, or the best way to wear your heart on your sleeve is, that, is to talk about the things that, that are difficult, right? And, like, yeah. if, you, if you can do that in a short period of time, the layers and the walls that you can bring down in a very mm-hmm. short period, right? But it needs to be – you You generally need to show the, that vulnerability first. Um, yeah. And, and then people will come along on the journey with you, right? Yeah. And it's, it's, you know – and look, I'm a big believer that there's nothing wrong with a single-served friend. You know, there's a, you know um, – yeah, single-serving friend. That's, Correct. A, that's a fight but, you Club. Know, you're going to be. That's what I was about to say. From Fight Club, like, it's nothing wrong. Like, I, you know, as you know, I'm generally pre COVID on 100 plus flights a year and in 10 countries yeah. a year. So, like, like, there's plenty of random people I spend 14 hours sitting next to. And I'm not the <laughs> kind of guy that's going to put my earphones in and my. plane my, yeah. my, uh, oh, and, so
0: and you happen to be seated next to Andrew Morello and you were planning to read a book on that flight. I yeah, wish it's you not were. happening.
1: Sort of it's no, definitely going to, going, a, to know, a, like, there's going to be a lot, lot of whiskey be being drunk. There's going to be a lot of fun being had. There's going to be lots of shenanigans going on with the uh, with the staff as well. Like I always rope them into some sort of adventure. There's tours of planes. I've been into cockpits. I've bought economy and ended up in first class. Like you know, I've, I've had so yeah. planes for me have been an adventure. I'm going to as you, as you were you on the plane with me? Were we We've, on on a a month, plane? We've been we did go on the plane. We've been with you once. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. But I am the person that has a family of children who you now have children. You'll get it eventually once he gets a bit older. But
1: when I get on a plane, there's
0: no one here. I'm going to go hide. And I don't sit next to you on a plane because I know I'm not going to get any rest.
1: That's right. You did hide. You were like I down, I the, down I the back. That's what I was, and I came yeah, down, I down and found you.
0: next to Morello. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah that's right. You you and I, I'm escaping my family and my Correct. children and my mini Morello. Yeah. So, you, yeah, you needed no, a break. You
1: know. did need a break. Um, you said that. You said, I need to sleep if we're going to party when we get there. I said, okay, no worries. <laughs> I'll let you do that. Um, but then the other thing on that as well is. Um, you know, like I think it's 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 all part of that journey and that adventure, right? And um, I am also respectful of other people. So I do gauge it and and see see where where it goes, but but I I do try and find a bit of fun. You know, you know, like life's short, like that. So you know, I do try and find a bit of fun in in the interaction. Like, so here we go. There's another really good saying here: the meaning to life is the people we meet and what we create with them right so like if it means that i only get to meet you and create something for 14 hours there's people that you know there people. been plenty of times exchange exchange details let's catch up oh my god when we get back to australia well like you know you can't catch up with everyone but no. in that period of time for those 14 hours from you know melbourne to la like i gave someone a world-class experience and, you know, and they had an adventure and they got to remember it. And I'm sure they're going to be at some barbecue and go, geez, you're not going to believe the guy I met when I flew yeah. to LA last time, right? Which is going to be great. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And and I think you make a really good point there about reading the moment. Like if you're walking into an appointment with your dentist, might not be the right time to dive into something that might just not be the right space. And it's also about – like if you're comfortable with being vulnerable quickly, mm-hmm. um, it's also about making sure that you have the right space for your own vulnerability and safety. Yeah. So be it good or bad, if you're sharing something that is vulnerable to you and really private to you, it has to be in a space where you know that you're safe, where the yeah. joy that you're sharing is safe and it's going to be respected and enjoyed, um, or the vulnerability of something more, you know, traumatic or more um, negative, is going to be held in a space that's also safe for you. So um, yeah. you got to read the room. But I, I agree. I think the quicker we can break down those walls and really connect with people, the more memorable those one-on-one conversations can be. So, yeah. Beautiful. So you worked, um, you know, you've worked for yourself for a really long time. You've yeah. been hustling from seven.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much.
0: Um, but for those, uh, th- there's a lot of listeners out there. There's a lot of people out there that kind of, you know, they they work for other people. Like you yes. and I don't work for other people, but a lot of people do. Um, so when it comes to representing themselves, be it you know, job interviews or like going in to have a conversation with your boss or just wanting to put an idea on the table, all that sort of stuff. That stuff makes people nervous. Mm. Um it doesn't make you nervous. I'm getting a lot like I'm I'm not really a nervous person. I'm pretty pretty good at just getting in there. But um for those people who are a little bit anxious about those types of spaces, are there any kind of physical things that you do like with your breath? Like, do you ever have to kind of centre yourself before you go and do a big thing? Yeah,
1: yeah I did. I, I, grew, I grew up with a, um, and I don't know if you've ever experienced, because like, I do deliver this from stage now, but I grew up I grew up with a mantra um, that I, I used to say every morning. Not that I used to, I still I still often say it and there's days that I do need to say it and days that you do need to remind yourself why you're doing all this craziness and whether you're going for a job and, and, and pepping yourself up or whether you know, want to, Go and talk to that girl, or that guy that you like, or whether whatever it is. Like, I think there's an element of, of taking, um, you know, pride in, in who you are from a from the way the way you look. Like, I've got for those you can't see, I'm, I'm, who, who are listening. I've got my hair tied up in a, you know, man bun today, which I think if might be coming off soon, actually. So as Coco <laughs> Chanel says, a woman that's about to cut off her hair is about to change her life, and I think I'm, I'm a man who's about to cut off his hair So, for undisclosed reasons currently, but we're working on a new project, so I, um, I watch this space. Let's just say, okay. so I'm, I might be going for a bit of a different look or feel, look and feel, but like, mm-hmm. you know, like you can still have long hair. You can still be, you know, for, you know, you can't see me on the podcast, but I've got my my little, um, you know, these are from Cambodia. Which I, did, did yours mm-hmm. last, or yours? No, bright?
0: but it's moved me, so it's yeah.
1: okay. Yeah, which is fine. My two are on the last tether, so they're going to come up, but I've got my, you know, bangles and I've got necklaces and, and as you said, I've got lots of jewelry that I wear. So like, you can still be you. Uh, and probably that's that's the advice, like be you, right? So there's nothing like don't try and I think where people look bad or where you come across as if disingenuous or unauthentic is when you're trying, to, like you put on a suit, but you don't wear a suit every day. So, well, then don't wear a suit, maybe just wear like chinos and a nice shirt and tuck it in like that if that's more your feel, then wear that. Or if you're a nice jeans guy, like we just wear and make sure you got clean shoes on and you've combed your hair that day. Like, you know, you don't, don't go and put on a suit to impress me because if you're not a suit guy, you're gonna look and feel like an idiot in that suit. Yeah, you're, you're gonna, gonna, feel, like really a, you're gonna feel like right? an imposter, and that's that mm-hmm. imposter syndrome that people talk about, right? So, anyway, the mm-hmm. mantra is that gets me in the right frame of mind is and I'm happy for you to, you know, put this on on a, as a link or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah, email me, I'll, I'll shoot it back to you as well. But um, uh, for every second of every minute, of every hour, of every day, I do my best to reach my full potential and not waste my precious life, living the dream. So it's it's something that I've just, a mantra I've always had, it was written up on the wall growing up. It was, you know, um, I got it from martial arts when I was a kid, you know and it's and it's just something i've always believed in and it, and it and it works for me and and it like that that way you're not picking yourself against anyone right if anyone's into reading books or listening to audio books there is a really good book worth reading that i read at 17 18 1920 um which was called the four agreements by don miguel ruiz and mm-hmm. and um, the, the author talks about these four toltec teachings from thousands of years ago that if you can master you will find that it's the key to happiness, right? It's a really easy book, it's a short book. So if you're not a big reader, no worries, but you can download it. There's even a PDF, like someone suppressed it into a 10 page PDF if you Google it. Oh, wow. You can just read that. And we'll it's definitely like, put
0: that in our show notes as well. So
1: so the, the four agreements, um, I'm not gonna re- I read it literally 15 years ago. I'm not gonna remember it perfectly but but one of them is, is always do your best. So one of the arrangements, right? So if, yeah. you, if yeah. you've done your best, then it doesn't matter if it's not good enough for the person to get the job. It doesn't matter if it's not good enough for that girl or that girlfriend or that boyfriend you've got. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if it's not good enough for your parents because it's your best, right? But yeah. you've got to be honest with yourself and have a genuine and authentic conversation with yourself is, have I actually done my best? You know, like, mm. is, is this something I've actually done now, right? So, yeah. like, um, and, and and you can't bullshit yourself. Like, if you're lying to you, yourself, then you, you're really fucked. Like, you know, like yeah. You, yeah, exactly. if you can't have an honest conversation with yourself, like, did I actually try my best in that interview or did I prepare or did I go and get drunk the night before, you know? Mm. And, and, and mm. like, I thought, oh, it's, it's a Thursday night, it's just a first interview, I'll go and drink up on a Thursday night with mates and then get home at 2am mm-hmm. and then you're in there at 9 o'clock and you're a bit hazy. Like if you're going for an interview, you know, I'm not telling you to go to bed at 9 o'clock, but I'm like, just stay home that night or don't drink. Yeah. Or go to your mates, but don't drink and go home so you yeah. Stay yeah. you've got that clarity so you are able to be world class when you get there.
0: Yeah, and just yeah. show up in your yeah. best self. Correct. You mentioned something just then that I'd really love you to explain what it means to you. You use the phrase Morello Ltd, and yes. I think a lot of people mistake that as limited. They do, and I, I know limited.
1: Not. You it's know it's not the dream. correct. Correct.
0: So, what does living the dream mean to you?
1: Well, I have a tattooed on my leg, which I got in a, after I stayed at a Buddhist monastery in Chiang Mai. I got it literally tattooed on my on the right of my leg um, with bamboo. Which in Thai is chi with nam fan," and um, for me, it's it's more than a mantra; it's it's a way of life. So, mm. and it, by getting it tattooed on my leg, I'm not advocating for everyone to go out, get, go out and get the tattoos. I have a number of tattoos, but I'm not telling everyone they need to go get. I them and a lot of mine are. I don't have any one at all. You don't have one, correct? So um, a lot of them are positive affirmations and so forth. But anyway, mm-hmm. the the moral of the story is the reason why I got living the dream on my leg was that if I've gone up every day and I was showering and I was looking down at my leg and I was drying my leg and I said living the dream and I'm not living the dream, then I'm lying to myself. So I then need to go and do whatever it takes that day to get back on track. You know, and, and, like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend, like, every day is sunshine and lollipops. It's definitely not, especially when you're your own business. You're dealing with mm-hmm. um, dramas and people and stress. And and uh, I'm sure when I switch my phone back on in, in you know, a half an hour's time, like, there's gonna be some <laughs> yeah. drama that I'm going to need to go sort. But then I look at it and I go, well, you know what, I've – I am, I am gonna make sure by the end of the day that I, I do something that gets me back on track. whether it's spend time with my son or go and take a walk across the road, like I live directly across the road from Rose Bay the Water, go you know take a walk there. I'm very lucky. Like I' just I've, after 11 years living in Sydney, I've just discovered the fairies and I'm like, wow, like every morning now I catch a bo- like a boat. On the, a ferry on the yeah. most famous harbour in the city in the world. Yeah, where people so would die to live, and I mm. and I catch a nine minute ferry into the city, and I mm. and I meditate and I look out to the water and I just live this, and I'm like, shit, man, I'm living the dream, like. Yeah. You know, and especially, this, the, like, the sun's just come out beautifully, which is nice, Um, but, like, mm-hmm. when the sun's out, the sun's shining, the birds are chirping. Like, I always FaceTime my mates that are somewhere else in the world or or in Melbourne, yeah. and I'm like, this is what I'm doing right now. It's 7 a.m. in the morning, and I'm on yeah. the water in the harbour going, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I'm going to work, but I'm like, I'm living the dream, man. Like, these yeah. people that have to walk two hours – or catch yep. a train two hours yep. a, a, each way to go to work each day. There's mm. people that are in Africa that need to walk, you know, t- mm-hmm. 20 kilometers to, to school or 10 kilometers to, to school in the middle of the desert. Like, and I get to go on a nine to 12 minute boat ride on the most famous harbor in the city, yeah, exactly looking at right. the harbor bridge and the opera house that people pay millions of dollars to to try and or, 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 or spend their whole life trying to get to. So I'm pretty much living the dream. So, so look, see, you've got to find the trick to it is to find the beauty and the romance in that small thing. So Mm. you might have to deal with dramas before you leave home. You might have to deal with dramas when you get to work, but for that brief instant, Find the romance and the beauty in falling in love with that moment. And if you can fall in love with that moment three or four times a day, then everything else is fine. The conversation you had, the the little flirt that you did, the uh, the 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 person that you met, the call that the call that you had with your mum. The uh, you know, my mum's gone now. Like I don't have the luxury. I used to ring my mum when I was having a bad day, and she got yeah. me back on track. I don't have that luxury anymore. And I never ran mm-hmm. her with my problems, but just by talking to her was enough to rejuvenate me to bring me yeah. back to it. Right. So, like, so yeah. like, you know, now I'm, I, you know, I, I have even a further appreciation for the romance of being able to call my mother and the chat mm-hmm. that we were, the chats we were able to have. So,
0: yeah. yeah. Well, uh, thank you for explaining that. Cause I've, like, I've always kind of understood. That you well and truly are living the dream most of the time when I see you. But um, I didn't really know the story behind your tattoo and that methodology that you have. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. I've also got uh, I'm the master of my fate. I'm the captain of my soul in Dutch, which I got with uh, one of my best mates, Stuart Cook, who's the ex global CEO of Zambrero, uh, the mm-hmm. Mexican food chain. He's now the CEO of Flay. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's that's that it's in Dutch. And we got it in the red light district in Amsterdam. <laughs> So yes. here we go. So like we could this,
0: do like a, a whole series of st- today, today story time with Marillo.
1: Story time with Marillo, or, or this on this tattoo. This is what eventually we went on. So there we go. So yeah.
0: So, in wrapping up today, if you could go back and give a piece of advice to your eighteen-year-old self about anything,
1: because
0: mm. you've done a lot of things, would yes. there be anything that you would say to eighteen-year-old um, Marillo?
1: Oh, you know, it would probably be. Um, oh, look, I had a, I'm a big believer in, in in. I wouldn't change anything, right? Like I've, I've been really, really happy with everything that's happened. But the like from an advice point of view is is probably um, just you know I was going to say enjoy yourself more, but I think I did. <laughs> I definitely did. I was going to say maybe take it a bit slower. Right, So, like, I, I, was, I was always going a million miles an hour. Like, I, I, I go back to, like, some of those European trips I did and instead of, like, you know, like, I, I would try and fit, you know, in, in three weeks I'd try and fit 10 countries, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, like I remember when I went to, um, you know, I've been to Amsterdam multiple times, but I remember when I first went to Amsterdam, like, I went there to, to, to get fucked up because I thought that's what you do, right? But then, like, yeah. when I've been to Amsterdam again, like, there's the diamond factories, and I've been in a room now with with four hundred and fifty million dollars worth of diamonds on a table, you know. And I, mm-hmm. I've gone into the the you know, you know, and and I've gone to Anne Frank's house, you know, where yeah. she hid from the Nazis. Uh, I've been to Auschwitz, you know, mm-hmm. in, in Poland. You know, like yeah. I think, like so, like my younger self didn't do any of that. It was like, what city can I go to? How fucked up can I get? And how much partying can I do? Right? And I think I probably missed a whole plethora of things that like these countries i haven't been back to and there's moments that i won't get back um so i think just slow it down um you know and, and and just enjoy it enjoy it the whole way i don't need that advice i always did that but i'd slow it down and and step outside you know what you think is the, the main thing that you're doing yeah i think that's the best advice yeah and travel Travel, definitely travel. travel. I know it's, it's quite ironic Wait, to yeah. say that right now to people that are 17, 18. Can we appreciate nine,
0: it even more now. Well, correct,
1: exactly. Like when when you do get a chance next you you are really going to enjoy that. Um, uh, and and probably the biggest advice i, I got to give people is like, you know, travel, lose lose yourself in order to find yourself, especially for young people now. Like I just find every generation that we go a little bit further, a little bit further, they, they are just, they, they're so trapped and bogged down in the bullshit that is bullshit. Like they think that, you know, what their friends are doing on Instagram is important and I'm not undermining that and I don't want to take that away from you. And and if you're somebody who is an influencer or somebody who's got a million followers or or viewers Mm. on on YouTube, great. Like you've you've, you've got it to a point where you can monetize it and and build a life around it. But I'm like don't take it too seriously if somebody didn't like something or comment or don't take it too seriously if somebody – um you know is an arsehole on social media like it's not real like you know like you you could you could delete those apps and you would never have to see that ever again in your life that's that's how easy it is right but like i've got social media and i use it actively and i'm sure there's people that don't like the shit that i put on there and there's people that probably made comments and i just ignore it i don't delete it There's something Mm -hmm. that that they say something mean like i don't even delete it people are just delete Mm -hmm. it you have the power to do it i'm like why it's like that's going to give Doesn't them more satisfaction a- to show them that it actually cheats me when I really don't yeah. give a shit, to the honest yeah. truth, you know. I'm living my own dream. I'm on my own journey. I'm the captain of my own fate. I'm not going to listen to what other people have to say.
0: Well, that was a mic drop.
1: Yeah. Boom.
0: <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <coughs> mm. Thank you for today. My um, pleasure. I miss you. I, I miss could you spend too. hours with you um, and hopefully we'll do that sometime soon. Yeah, I'm yeah, out of come lockdown. To come to Sydney. Yeah, you're in lockdown. I'm not coming to Sydney. When that's done. <laughs>
1: I'm no, out of lockdown. I know no, you're out of lockdown. So we, we just traded, tried to Sydney and New South, well, Sydney and Melbourne just traded places. No, um, That's all we did. It was yeah. such
0: a pleasure to chat to you today. Thank you for pleasure. sharing your story or some of your stories with our, um, with our listeners. Um, for our listeners, we will, um. We will have all of Morello's details in the show notes. If you want to connect with him, if you want to follow him, if you want to keep up with his adventures um, yes. and some of the other the books that he book he recommended and whatever else, um, we will chat to you again soon on the next episode of Growing Pains. Well, that was a chat. Uh, as I'm sure you could tell. Marilla and I are very good friends. we spent lots of time together and um, it was such a pleasure to chat to him. I haven't had the pleasure of speaking to him for a while due to this COVID world that we're in, but he was well and truly one of the people I wanted to get on the podcast simply because I know he well and truly lives and breathes what he speaks. Um, He is living the dream. He's looking for those opportunities and he's super vulnerable and super open Now, we don't expect you to be the Morello of your world. Maybe you are, maybe you're not. Um, But some of those insights that he shared can well and truly be put in place. So I hope that you enjoyed the chat. I hope that you got some takeaways that you can implement. And I hope that you find a little bit of magic today as you look around your life and your world and um, find a way to live your version of living the dream.